Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. There is a word, Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. I'll be reading from both the King James and Message Bible. Lamentations chapter 3. So God... I need you to do it again. Chapter 3, verses 19, and I'll read when the Spirit says stop. Verse 3, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 19, King James Version reads as this, Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the guile. My soul saith them in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. I want to look at the Message Bible. I like the way Eugene Peterson puts it. Verse 19, he says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on hope. I want to focus in on that. I keep a grip on hope. For the time that is ours to share, one o'clock, tell your neighbor, hold on. Tell your neighbor, hold on. Hold on. Just tell them, hold on. You may be seated. Tell them, hold on, hold on, hold on. 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 Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. According to Webster, to hold on means to maintain grasp of something. And I know as African-Americans in this country, we know exactly what it means to hold on. In 1619, when the privateer, the White Lion, brought 20 enslaved Africans ashore in the British colony of Jamestown, Virginia, and our African ancestors were stripped away from their families, ways of life, customs, and freedoms, and were forced into chattel slavery to fuel 
the economic supremacy of America, they had to hold on. When an all-white, an all-male Supreme Court upheld slavery in the United States territories and denied the legality of black citizenship in America, we had to hold on. In 1863, 244 years after the first slaves arrived in America, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which declared more than three million slaves living in the Confederate States to be free. More than two years passed before the news reached African Americans living in Texas. And it was not until Union soldiers arrived in Galveston, Texas on June 19, 1865, that the state's residents finally learned that slavery had been abolished. Through all that time, they had to hold on. As black people, we've had to hold on while the Ku Klux Klan, the paramilitary white insurgents terrorized black people throughout this nation. We had to hold on while HBCUs were being founded in the 1800s. We had to hold on while Jim Crow laws enforced racial segregation that were passed throughout this country. We had to hold on through Plessy versus Ferguson that said facilities can be separate but equal, but we have yet to see any facility that was equal when separate. We had to hold on when the Wilmington Massacre of 1898, I encourage you to Google it, when 2,000 white men overthrew a biracial government in the hometown of my wife, Wilmington, North Carolina. We had to hold on when the NAACP was founded in 1909. We had to hold on when our black Greek letter organizations were meant to serve as safe space for black college students face racism and sexism after starting in the 1900s. We had to hold on during the Tuskegee experiments when in 1932 the Center for Disease Control, a government funded uh, entity, tricked black men into unknowingly being injected with syphilis just to conduct the study to see the effects of syphilis on black men. All the while there was a cure for syphilis. Through discrimination, separation, segregation, alienation, indignation, irritation, vexation, aggravation, exasperation, suppression, we've had to hold on. Through the deaths of Malcolm X, Martin King, Megger Evers, John Lewis, Whitney Young, Fannie Lou Hamer, Ida B. Wells, Ella Baker, Polly Murray, Dorothy Height, Rosa Parks, Claudette Colvin, Emmett Till, and Fred Hampton, we've had to hold on through the murders of Sean Bell, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Michael Brown, Laquan McDonald, Tamir Rice, the Emmanuel Nine, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and the Topps Grocery Store 10, we know what it means to hold on. And through all of that, we still got the nerve to put a smile 
on our face. We still got the audacity to put one foot in front of the other. We still got the gall to keep going and showing up in spaces that were not designed for us. We still got the nerve to shatter ceilings that were placed on top of us. We still got the confidence, the assurance, and the strength to know that we can be our best black selves. Can somebody help me thank God that through it all, we've been able to hold on. But wait, the reality is, as a black person in this country, holding on is not easy. Holding on gets tiresome. Holding on gets weary. Holding on gets exhausting. And that leads us to the circumference of our text. In our pericope this afternoon, we find ourselves in the middle of the book of Lamentations. We are in the dead center of Lamentations. We do not know who wrote Lamentations, although many attribute the authorship to Jeremiah. Scholars disagree, and they don't know who the author is. This book of the Bible is a collection of five poems that are in response to a national tragedy that has befallen the kingdom of Judah. Come with me. Back to the year 586 B.C. And the Babylonian armies have now invaded Judah. They have destroyed the temple in Jerusalem and have laid siege to Jerusalem. They have destroyed the walls of Jerusalem. And through these five books, we hear five different voices concerning the catastrophe that has taken the city. In chapter three, wherein we will be hanging out this afternoon, there rises a feeble, frustrated voice of an unknown man. A nameless man who has been humiliated, held captive, and is ashamed. He laments through the pages of this poem the tragic reality of his condition. There's little indication of who this man is. Some suggest he's a soldier who who was on the battlefields of the armies of Judah during the Babylonian invasion of Jerusalem. But we don't know who it is. What we do hear is his voice. And in his voice, he's determined to hold on. So the question then becomes, the relevant question, preachers, is what should we hold on to when we want to let go? Well, the first thing I want to let you know you need to hold on to is you need to hold on to history. Hold on to history. Consider verse 20. Consider verse 20. He says in the Message Bible, I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. The writer has spent 19 verses explaining to us what his it is. He has spent the last 19 verses lamenting over the fact that he has felt like God has not been on his side. And he takes these 19 verses and makes accusations concerning the Almighty. In every verse, he makes at least one accusation. 
In verse one, he says God's anger has caused him to see trouble. In verse two, he says God's led him into darkness without light. In verse three, he says God's backhanding him. In verse four, he says God has broken his bones. In verse five, he says God has ganged up on him with hard times. In verse six, he says it feels like God has put him in a coffin. In verse seven, he says God has boxed him in and placed chains on him. In verse eight, he cries out to God because God doesn't answer his prayer. In verse nine, he says God has made his path crooked. In verse 10 and 11, he said God is like a ferocious beast who mangled him and left him without any help. In verse 12, he said God has made him a target for God's arrows. In verse 13, he said God's arrows have now pierced his heart. In verse 14, he said he was a laughing stock. In verse 15, he said he had to drink from an unwanted cup. In verse 16, he said he was trampled in the dust. In verse 17, he lost his peace and prosperity. In verse 18, he says he lost his splendor. In verse 19, he says it tastes like ashes and he swallowed poison. He's telling you his affliction. And he speaks with authority concerning his affliction. He tells his story. And I want to let you know, one o'clock, don't ever let anyone diminish or negate your suffering. No, no, no. What you went through was real. And it had real consequences. There are real traumas attached to what you went through. Don't ever let anyone stop you, block you, and prevent you from telling your story. And that's why I love what Mr. Sandra and Deacon uh, Grisel that put together with this Black History program today. I love what they did today. It was so powerful to me because they're standing up for the right to continue to tell our story. When governors in Florida and Texas and Tennessee are banning books, leading the nation in doing so, they are negating the lived experiences of black, brown, differently able, queer, and marginalized communities. And I want to encourage every author in the room, hold on to your history. Because as long as you keep writing our stories and we will continue to live. Retelling our history is an act of resistance to a society that wants to erase our contributions. Tell your neighbor, hold on to your history. Hold on. Hold on. And after all these accusations, the man makes this affirmation. In the midst of his lamenting, he has what I call an aha moment. He says, I just remembered something it's right there in verse 19 he says I remember I remember it all oh so well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom he says I remember I remember I remember I'll never forget the trouble I I remember hitting the bottom I'll never I'll never forget I'll never forget all that I've been through I'll never forget it he says I remember it all And if you read too fast, you read past the shout. Uh, Because he's able to remember. 
that lets me know he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, you wanted something real, real, real profound, but it's real simple. The mere fact that you are alive to still tell your story is reason enough to give God praise. You still have life, and if you still have life, that means you're still here, and if you're still here, that means you have survived everything you went through. Tell your neighbor, congratulations, you survived 100% of the hell you've been through. You got knocked down, but you survived. You got gut checked, but you survived. You got a pink slip, but you survived. You had to dodge creditors, but you survived. Your health got shaky, but you survived. You almost lost your mind, but you survived. You thought I'd be weak, but I'm stronger. You thought I'd be broke, but I'm richer. You thought I'd be sad, but I love harder. You thought I wouldn't grow, but now I'm wiser. You thought I'd be helpless, but now I'm smarter. You thought I'd be stressed, but now I'm chilling. Tell somebody I'm a survivor. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna work harder. I'm a survivor. I'm gonna make it. I will survive. Keep on surviving. Holds a history. Holds a history. Holds a history. But the man also wants to tell you, the man also wants to tell you to keep holding on. Keep holding on. If you're gonna keep holding on, you not only gotta hold your history, but you also gotta hold on to what builds hope. Hold on to what builds hope. After spending all this time expressing his lament, after all this time recalling his history, the man remembers one additional thing. And it allows him to keep holding on. He remembers uh, right there in verse 22, God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new Aramon. How great your faithfulness. Now the point I'm trying to make is you got to build your hope and in order to build anything you need materials. And I want to let you know the material to build your hope is your experience with God. Because you have experienced what God can do, we're able to hope in what God will do. And I did extensive study, Pastor Jill. Pastor Vassar, I did extensive study on how to build hope. My study consisted of going to Google.com, pressing in the many keys it took to write out my question. How do I build my hope? Can I tell you what my study showed up? In order to build your hope, you must remember how it worked out in the past. And after listing all of his laments, the man in our text remembered the Lord's mercy. He remembered the ups and downs of his life. He remembered that God's mercy was always present. Let your memories of God's mercy empower you to hold on.
One commentator says that hope encircles divine mercy as if to support it, for it may not be able to sustain itself. Let me say it one more time. Hope encircles divine mercy as if to support it, for it may not be able to sustain itself. Hope needs a foundation. Hope needs something firm to be built upon. Hope needs something unmoved to be built upon. Hope needs something steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. And God's mercy is just that. But I like the way uh, verse 22 shows up in the King James Version. Uh, Eugene is good. But uh, King James had something on this when he says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Now, I hadn't been to grammar school in quite some time. Turned 41 this past Thursday. Thank you to each and every one of you who showed me a little love. But when I was in grammar school, uh, if you put a S on the end of something, that meant it was more than one. I believe that's called plural. Help me, teachers. Uh, and so that says to me, woo, it's not just one mercy that the Lord gives me. It's, it's several mercies God has given me. Uh, can I break it down a little further? The Hebrew word for mercy is hased. H-E-S-E-D. Hased. And it means steadfast love. So that lets me know that if God has multiple mercies, he has multiple versions of his love that show up for you and me. And in turn, give us hope. Is anybody grateful for the mercies that you've received from God? Perhaps you were driving one night, leaving uh, 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 the 50-yard line. And you may have had too much Patron. And, and instead of crashing your vehicle, the Lord gave you a drunk mercy. That's not true. Perhaps... You were in college, a little promiscuous. And something happened that you didn't expect to happen. And you were glad a few days later when she showed up. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Huh? 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 We don't want to talk about the mercies of God. And I thank God for God's many mercies that he continues to give in our life. But not, but not only that, but not only that, it gets gooder. The Bible says that it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Didn't even deal with that part about God's mercies not failing. Because other people will fail you, but God's mercies won't fail you. But verse 23 says, they are new. Morning. And I'm grateful 
that God doesn't give me any old stale stuff. You ever been to the donut shop or the bread shop? They said, oh, we got some day-old bread. We got some day-old donuts. They're a little cheaper. Oh, no, 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 no. Everything God makes is fresh. Everything God gives you has the hot sign on it. I'm grateful for his mercies. And they are new every morning. This morning on the way to church, my wife and daughter had to come a little earlier than I did. Uh, God bless them. They had the uh, 6 a.m. arrival time today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that was not my testimony. I said, you know, I got to do three serves, got to preach at one. I'm going to catch y'all at 8 o'clock. Hopped in the Uber, closed the door, headed on to church. Fine Uber ride. Driver did a great job. Gave him five stars and a little tip. When I got right out here to Princeton and I went to open the door, y'all, the door was already open. I rode from my house down to Dan Ryan, up Princeton, with a door that was already open. And it was at that time I said, Lord, I thank you for your new mercies. Because today you gave me a closed door mercy. And I don't know who's here right now, but you may need to thank God for some closed door mercies in your life. Doors that God closed. Perhaps it's a thank you, God, for the open door mercies. God has opened doors in your life and provided you with opportunities. Can somebody just help me thank God for his mercies? If, if you're going to hold on to something when you want to let go, you got to hold on to the history. You got to hold on to what builds hope. But lastly and finally, and we out of here, you got to hold on to the helper. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 24 in the King James Version says, the Lord is my portion. Saith my soul, therefore I will hope in him. Now, I did not understand what this meant when I first read this text. I had to go do some etymological digging. That's just simply meaning you do a study of words. And I want to encourage any a serious student of the Bible to find a Strong's Concordance. Uh -huh. I'm teaching you through here. Write that down. A Strong's Concordance. And what that Strong's does, it helps you uh, dissect every single word in the King James Bible. And he lets you know its real meaning in its original language. So I did my research on what this word portion meant. Can I tell you what it meant? It means, Pastor Jill, inheritance. And so what's happening here, the man who is recalling all of these afflictions he believes God has bestowed upon him is now at the point where he recalls that the Lord is his portion. To appreciate this, you got to really understand his context. 
The residents of Judah were concerned because their city had been captured by the Babylonians. But the young man recalls a Sabbath school, if you will, where he learned in Numbers 18 that Aaron and his priestly descendants are told that while the rest of the family would receive a portion of the land, uh, they would receive nothing from the land. But instead, Yahweh, Jehovah, God, tells them, I will be your share and your inheritance. God says, in essence, uh, you won't have land, but you will have me. And that's what I want to leave you with this afternoon. That I want you to hold on to your portion. Hold on to your helper. Hold on to the one who is able to do exactly what you need. Hold on, hold on to the helper. Because in the message Bible it says, I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all. He's all I got left. And in your times of trouble, I want you to continue to hold on to the helper. Because he may be all you got left. I'm sticking with God, y'all. Through the storm and the rain. I'm sticking with God through the heartache and pain. I'm sticking with God through the ups and the downs. I'm sticking with God through the fire and through the flood. I'm sticking with him when I have money. And I'm sticking with him when I don't have money. Sticking with him when I have peace. And I'm sticking with him when our peace has been shaken. Sticking with him when I have joy. Sticking with him when my joy is fading. I'm sticking with God. And I'm holding on. I'm sticking. And I'm holding. Holding. And I'm sticking. Because time is filled with swift transitions. Not on earth. On the move can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. And hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in him who will not leave you. Whatsoever the years may bring. If earthly friends are forsaken still more closely to him cling 
covet not this world's vain riches that so rapidly decay. Seek to gain the heavenly treasures. They will never, never pass away. And when your journey is completed, if to God you have been true, fair and bright, the home in glory, you're enraptured, so will you hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand, hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. I got to get out of here one o'clock. I got a reservation at 3.30, cause I ain't ate all day. But before I go, can you slip your arm around your neighbor? Slip your arm around your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I don't know how hard it is for you. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know how dark the night is, but hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Help is on the way. God sees your tears. He hears your cries. He sees you as his child. And I want to let you know, keep holding on, keep holding on, keep holding on. Doors of the church are open. Doors of the church are open. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If Reverend Evans was here, He'd tell you to reach beyond the break and hold on. As the doors of the church are open, I want to let you know, I prayed about this. My brother, God bless you. Uh, Hear me, hear me. If you can, please stand if you can, if you're able to stand. Thank you. If you keep reading the scripture, this is where we can be real. The writer continues to have this internal struggle to hold on to God's faithfulness. That's, that's real, isn't it? We come in here, and you've heard this message, but by Thursday, something can hit you that can cause you to possibly lose your grip. And so the man in the text, he can't seem to let go of the fact that life keeps on lifing. But we must do our best to hold on to our collective and our personal history with God. 
we must do our best to hold on to the hope that God's mercies are new every morning. And we must do our best to continue to hold on to the helper. Here's the good news. As you're trying to hold on to God and your grip may become weak, the good news is God will never let go of you. And in doing so, God sent his son to be your hand holder. And that's what I want to offer you this afternoon. God bless you, my sister. Come on down and let God hold your hand. Accept Jesus, his son, who will hold your hand through the storms of life, through the vicissitudes of this life. Jesus will hold your hand. Or perhaps you need a church family that will hold your hand in a very tangible way. Fellowship Chicago is here for you. We want to serve you. We want to help you get where God wants you. So if you need a church home, please come. Or if you want to press the restart button and start over your life again afresh. If you need Christ, if you need a church home, if you want to make some changes, as the choir sings, hold on. We're inviting you to come. We're inviting you to come. Come on, come on. Hold on. bless you. Thank you for being here. We look forward to doing life with you. And Pastor Sharp looks forward to being your pastor. We look forward to being your family. Amen. And so members of our First Church ministry are going to lead you. If you need to get some belongings, you can take them with you. Help me thank God for our new family members. Oh, oh. Now listen. I've been singing this song all week. I want you to know right now, uh, I may go a little crazy in a minute, but you gotta hold on. You got to hold on. Got to hold on. Got to hold on. So you got 
when you've been holding for a long time, it can become discouraging because what you're waiting for hasn't happened yet. Notice, I did not say it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened yet. So I admonish you, I encourage you to keep holding on until your change comes. Because your change is closer than it's ever been. I wish you would receive that in your spirit. That what you've been waiting on, hallelujah, is closer than it's ever been. Lord. Thank you so much, fellowship. Thank you so, so much. Continue to hold on to God. And God will hold on to you. May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. I pray your entire life you continue to prove that God really is good. Before you leave, tell your neighbor, hold on. Hold on. You can make it hold on. if you just hold on. 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 Friends get few. Hold on. But hold on. Hold on. Don't know what 
41 years All I've been doing Is holding on Holding on I got rough sometimes Sick sometimes Cried some nights Sleepless days But I've been holding 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 I've been holding Don't know when it's gonna change But I've been holding Don't know what's next But I'm holding And I'm trusting I'm holding And I'm trusting I'm holding And I'm trusting Trusting the Lord With all thine heart Lean not To thine own understanding And all thy ways Acknowledge him And he will direct Direct your path I'm holding on I'm holding on Anybody holding Anybody holding I'm holding Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, Facebook, or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.